así. Yeah, there it is. When that robot voice pops in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to ELC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in state using this podcast, how are you for a workout or a run? We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you. Their generosity, their support means this show gets to continue and we appreciate it in return. Whoa, those patrons get some cool stuff, including ad-free episodes, video versions of the show on demand, and bonus content galore, including the midweek paid DLC program, which features Christian Spicer, myself, and Lana Bashinsky joining us every single week to talk about whatever comes up in a wide-ranging, very fun discussion about the paid DLC show. You also get... The Friday show, uh, an entire season of feeling this, where Christian Spicer and Alex Solman talk about the feelings behind video games. They're working on season two right now. That'll start shortly, we hope. But season one, right there, if you want to become a patron, you get all those awesome episodes. It's awesome. It's great. And it's all available at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show, DLC is the show all about games. In their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada, the spell with two N's and one T. And Christian is traveling this week. So he has, he has, he's not here. He's off doing, I don't know, some family stuff, I think. But... I think we uh, we leveled up, actually. I think we improved the slate of commentators we got for you, ladies and gentlemen, because sitting in as second chair, one of our favorite people, one of our favorite guests, you know him from Spawn on Me and so many other things, Khalif Adams is back with us. Hey, Khalif. What up, what up, what up? I'm so excited to be rocking with you. I swear, every time I hear that intro, I just want to run through a door like the Kool-Aid man. Like, <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want to bum rush somebody. I want to tackle somebody. It's, you know, it's, it's a football weekend for a lot of different folks. So you got me excited and hyped. So I'm, I'm excited to be here rocking well, with you. Well, man, I got to thank you. I know that you are literally right out of a taxi, <laughs> uh, right off of a plane, uh, right into a hotel room and you plugged in and you hopped on with us. And uh, I mean, I can't thank you enough for doing that. I appreciate it very much. Blessings be a Wi-Fi router in, <laughs> in, in all of those different ways. It's one of those funny things of like, you know, when you buy a bunch of gear over the years and you're like, I might use this. I think I've used everything that I possibly can use to get this set up to work in the, in the hotel. That, I will send you a picture of what it looks like because it is jank, but it works. You got that backpack of electronics on the plane, you know? Oh, oh I my know goodness. it well. I, I am sure the TSA is definitely checking on my info right now for all the <laughs> stuff that I brought to get this bad boy done. So Amazing. excited to be rocking with you. And, and love uh, man, I'm, I, I always love talking with you. I'm so, I'm so excited you're here. We also have, ladies and gentlemen, Another guest, you know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata, and usually your downloadable Christian, but this week, mm. DLC stands for declaring a lifelong commitment, because from married to the games, we have podcaster, hype man, and voiceover artist, 
Gabe Patillo joining us for the first time. Hey, Gabe. Oh, yeah, baby. One T and two L's. <laughs> there it is. That's right. Uh, man, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. Oh, man. Lo- love that you're here. Uh, big fan of Married to the Games and uh, and what you guys do over there. It's so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna we're gonna hold down the fort. You know, it's it's the time of year where not a lot's going on in the video game world. We're we're sort of in the in the hangover of uh, of the new year. You know, mm-hmm. we got we got uh, all the games that were rushed to come out uh, before the end of the year, and all the games that were delayed to come out in February, March, April, May, and June. <laughs> so we're in that that little lull in between, but we still got a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send comments or questions Anything you'd like us to know, we love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You could also get a hold of us and hang out with like-minded individuals in our communities. We've got a Discord, that's 5x5DLC on Discord, and a subreddit that is also 5x5DLC.reddit.com. Great folks hanging out in those places. I urge you to take part. But Gabe, you're our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Man, for me, and listen, I don't know if everybody likes to be right, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? We all have our opinions when it comes to this game and space and everything. And a couple of years ago, a thing called Google Stadia came out. <laughs> yes. And I remember saying on the show at the time, I was like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's <laughs> Google. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've got so much money and they throw so, so much money at so many different things. I was like, unless they like are really going for it, I don't, I don't know about this Stadia thing. It always just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then I, I, so I never ended up buying it. Then I end up, I think, winning it on a buddy's stream. Like that was, he was raising money for something. So I went to Google Stadia. I was like, all right, nice. Well, I'm going I'm to I'm get down and get my stream on. And I know Khalif likes streaming. And, you know, as a, as a man who travels, I travel a lot. I don't like streaming. I've always been a hater. I don't know why. I think it's because I'm I'm usually stuck in some arena in the basement with bad Wi-Fi. And everybody's like, oh, you can play anywhere. I'm like, no, you can't. You can't <laughs> play in the Indiana Pacers arena in the locker room. You can't. And so, uh, so that's always been my vibe. And then they announced that they're canceling it. Well, then I was like, okay, well, shoot. I really love this controller, though. Like, what are they going to do with this controller? Just go sit here and and collect dust? And they have released that they are going to unlock it, thank God, to be just a Bluetooth controller. Yeah. And I love that. And I'm so happy to, that I don't have to, like, I got a Chromecast out of it. And so I could do stuff with my Android phone and my Quest and my kids can watch virtual, you know, VR games on the TV. And then I got another controller to take around. Yeah, Google making uh, lemonade out of lemons over here. Um, That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, we got our money back. So you got your <laughs> well, money back, so you got a free Bluetooth controller. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I mean, okay, so I gotta, I have to admit, you know, it, it is nice to be right. Uh, however, yes, I would not know what that feeling is like because I was the one predicting that it was gonna, it was gonna go gangbusters. Christian and I were all in. 
we were founders you know they, they give you the founder pack yeah mm-hmm. you, you buy mm-hmm. it early you get the founder pack i, I don't know what that means you know, we, we didn't get anything extra but uh <laughs> we were right there at the beginning we were like google stadia they're gonna do it this time yeah and everybody like you who was smarter than us i'm not saying that well i am <laughs> i will admit i will admit that it was uh it was it was you know the writing was on the wall and some of us were wise enough to read it and others were not uh, myself, not uh, ignored the writing on the wall. Uh, people were saying things like, you know, Google cancel stuff. They're not all, you know, they, but man, I, I, I believed that I believed all those magical ideas that they had like, Oh, you'll be watching a YouTube video and then you just push one button and then you're playing that game. You know, all that stuff just seemed so amazing. And like, yes, I'm ready. Well, there's a couple companies that when, you hear their name get attached to it, you get excited. And it's hard not to because they usually do things in excellence, even if they do cancel a lot of stuff. And I feel like Google is one of them to where you're like, well, the stuff that's out that that works is awesome. You know, same with like yeah. Apple. Like they might not be the first to do something, but when they do do it, it's usually awesome and perfected and 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 things like that. And yeah. so, yeah, when you think of streaming and how it was like where it felt like it was going and everybody wants to just turn on their TV and play a triple A game at, you know, 120 frames a second, they were like, okay, yeah, Google can pull it off. It'll be Google. Google right. will do it. And yeah, uh, yeah man, I, I, I don't know. Kyle, were you early on? Were you like, they're going to do it? Or did you kind of feel like they're not going to do it? Sadly, I was also on team. Let's yeah. buy this first. <laughs> uh, Come on, you guys. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, and, and the funny thing is, like, I know Jeff and I are, are we have always been kind of on team first adopters for a lot yeah. of stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, but I will also say, I think I have bought things off of Instagram that have gotten me more mileage out of <laughs> <laughs> my Stadia controller slash playing it. The funniest thing is, I, I, I reconnected my Chromecast the other day. Yeah. And it mocked me because it shows the stadia controller prompts on the tv still yeah and i was like wow this is this is like i just got sold snake oil Mm -hmm. but i went in first to get the snake oil right it was like oh wow i will be the first one to take this new snake oil (laughs) yeah yeah that's right that that is not going to do the guy the guy opened that cabinet on the on the on the wagon in 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 your town and he was like who wants snake oil and there's a lot of people quiet and you stood up and like you and me we stood up and we're like i'll have some of that snake oil i'll be a founder of the snake oil (laughs) i will take all the snake oil you know what it felt like it felt like that moment when when uh geraldo was going into the vault (laughs) yeah and he opened the vault and it was a stadia controller <laughs> well, it didn't have okay. any batteries and it didn't oh turn on but here's the, the great thing about this news story <laughs> that gabe's bringing up here is that maybe mm. retroactively we're the smart ones because <laughs> i got the email that refunded my money yeah no, i got the I, and i still have the controller and i still have you know i still have the as gabe pointed out still have the chromecast still have the controller and i'll if this controller is going to be a bluetooth controller i feel like you know, somehow magically the snake oil turned out to be uh, all right. A, a snake. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know what snake oil is supposed to turn out to be. You were <laughs> delivered. Um, yeah. I, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, right. It's win-win kind of. It's lose for Stadia and Google because, you know, they got to take their lumps. But at the same time, like, yeah, if you bought everything and you got all your money back, then you have free product at home and you'll still be able to use the Chromecast and they'll probably take down the 
hopefully they take down the the prompt <laughs> that says hit down B up A to connect your <laughs> controller. Right. Well, I, mean, I gotta say they didn't have to do this, right? True. That's true. There's true. No, true. there's no there's no uh, you know a mandate that says they gotta make good with any of this stuff. They didn't have to give us our money back for that matter, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know how your experience was, Khalif, but my, I. I got an email saying, Hey, we tried to give you your money back, but it's been so long. Like that payment method isn't even valid anymore. Yes, Can yes. you give what us a different world? payment method? And I was yes. like, yes. And then they gave me my money back on that. Pay- it, it was really cool. They did all the work. Like all I had to do was you know give them a new credit card. And they're like, here's your money on that. And uh, so I got to say that even though there is a sour taste in my mouth that this failed and I'm bummed that it failed, they did a pretty good job of, you know, dulling that sting, mm. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe I that's what lo- snake oil does. It just it dulls the sting. <laughs> I just love I just love that the service got canceled and whatever payment method you use got canceled as well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, what you I also for. had that uh that Google credit card that they were uh <laughs> I mean I mean my bank is just called snake oil. So it just buys things that are that are made for yeah. snake oil purchases. Absolutely. I like that. You got a snake oil fund. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the wife can't get mad at the snake oil fund. That's what it's for. That, exactly. That's what <laughs> I use maybe I put this aside for snake oil. Don't yeah. look over here. She's like, but now we got an entire closet full of snake oil. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one three d- one day you'll pops. appreciate this, my dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. These are all collector's items. Snake oh, oil. Ah. Um, exactly. I, I'm, I'm with you, Gabe. I agree that I think the controller for the stadia was always pretty darn cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not reinventing the wheel, right? It's an Xbox controller. It's a PlayStation controller. It, it's not super, uh, you know, unique in any way, but it, it, I think it felt good in the hand. It, I'm, I'm excited to use this as a Bluetooth controller for my PC. Like it, I'm, I'm genuinely think that's, that it'll be useful. Yeah. This might replace my eight bit dough, you know, controllers that I carry around in my backpack. You know what I mean? So, mm. you know, I've always liked the way the stadia, the stadia ones felt, it'll be interesting to see what all the buttons do now, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for having a, you know, it's colorful too. And yeah, and all that. And so it'd be a good story. Here's the wildest combo. Here's the wildest combo. If you use your Stadia Bluetooth controller Mm -hmm. on your Steam Deck, oh, (laughs) that is the wildest combo ever to to, to, to video game players across the world. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Well, just to be clear, I guess it's not until next week that they will release the ability to use it as a Bluetooth controller, but. uh, you know that it's happening and they also put out just to be clear just to round out this story they also put out uh their kind of internal dev game which is i guess a pretty simplistic little game of snake called worm game mm-hmm. um they're you know there's it's it's officially shutting down on january 18th uh but you know they're trying to like i think they're trying to do as good as they can by the people that uh that invested their money uh and and i i appreciate that i think there's not a lot of companies that would do that and I think that that softens the blow. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, I, and, and and like you can't walk away mad at them. Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're refunding everybody's money for almost everything. And then you've got Ubisoft and some other people coming alongside and seeing, you know, <clears throat> Bungie and them being like, hey, transfer your destiny players over. Ubisoft yeah. is giving out free games, you know, free PC games for people that bought on Stadia. So you, you're not walking away mad, at least. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Khalif, what is your story of the week? 
Uh, I got to go with Ubisoft canceling three unannounced games and delaying Skull and Bones. Mm. It is it is something that does not feel like snake oil. (laughs) (laughs) Because there were actual things that I got a chance to play and see and actually experience for a small amount of time. But it is really interesting to see, you know, them discuss and talk about not only the kind of financial, you know, targets and things that they were trying to hit, but also just the way that they talked about the kind of state of the industry and how that was affecting, you know, the, the, the games that didn't get announced and also one of their biggest titles that I think people were really excited about is Cullen Bone. So I think that is a, a really interesting kind of like t- uh, touch point for the company that we know has had a couple of games that have come out in the most recent years that have not done super well, while they've also talked about kind of tripling down on things like Assassin's Creed and things like that. So really interesting kind of um, uh, conversation there for. for Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know how much of a, uh, an alarm bell we should take this as, but uh, evidently this was an emergency uh, investor call on Wednesday that Ubisoft held and uh, Yves Guimau was saying, hey, uh, we did not do too well at the end of 2022. Mm. Uh, in fact, uh, they're saying that they're losing half a bill, uh, 512, oh, excuse me, $537 million loss for the fiscal year ending in March 2023. So that's, you know, the way fiscal years work, that's basically 2022. And... Uh, a lot of that, you know, they lay at the feet of uh, big game delays, uh, things that they were expecting to come out in, last year, <clears throat> like the Avatar game, Frontiers of Pandora, uh, Pandora, excuse me, um, the new Assassin's Creed game, and Skull and Bowl, Bones um, didn't happen, didn't come out. And a lot of that is is you know COVID and COVID related delays and and the the change in development that that brought on. Uh, but also, they're talking about how this is you know kind of uh, a signifier for the way the entire industry has changed and that uh, fewer games are being made and they are these mega games that have very, very, very long tails so that, you know, that these games that um, companies are investing in and, and you're playing for much longer than before. You're not, not a, uh, not buy a game and then buy another game. It's buy a game and play that game for much longer and then buy, you know, microtransactions and DLC for those games. And it sounds like, that's the way Ubisoft is going as a company as well. They they uh, announced that they are canceling uh, these three more games, um, and they or excuse me, the four games now that they're canceling that were all unannounced. Three they had already announced were canceled in June of last year. So that makes seven games that we never even knew were in development that are not happening now. Seems mm. like a lot. Yeah, and um, and. They, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of hunkering down and making fewer games, making these games uh, more as games as service. We've already seen that, that change intact with the Assassin's Creed franchise. We got that big Assassin's Creed announcement last year where, you know, things are going to be much more uh, a franchise, um, a, a, a game as service type of franchise. So, Khalif, I'm wondering, like, do you think this is the canary in the coal mine as far as Ubisoft, or do you think this is unique to Ubisoft? It's hard to tell because it's you've seen a lot of different companies currently kind of shift the way that they're thinking about games uh, in general, right? You've seen, you know, a lot of companies rethink their strategies in terms of how often, you know, the, the games as service model has definitely cropped up as 
something that is not only an expectation from the, the kind of player base, but also something that I think a lot of companies are looking for that longer tail to be able to say, we know we're not going to necessarily be able to make, you know, big budget games because of the way that COVID is still kind of, you know, uh, keeping uh, teams apart. And also the way that we just have so many more games than we've ever had before kind of coming to market where the ability to showcase and shine outside of all that noise and all that chaff is so hard now mm. um, that it winds up being something that I think a lot of companies, not only Ubisoft, but I think other ones are going to potentially be refocusing some of their efforts in different ways. You've seen a lot of folks kind of think about the mobile space in some of those ways. We've seen a lot of companies be really scared about putting out new IPs. Uh, and and it's, it's the funniest thing about all of this, or not funny, but I think the most interesting layer of all of this is Ubisoft has a couple of games in their quivers that fans have been waiting for, have been asking for, that we know would sell like hotcakes and potentially pull them out of some of that financial hurt. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything, split or sell. Uh, but it's like <laughs> one of those games that, you know, could potentially, like, if you thought about a game that was going to turn your company around. And give your company some goodwill when we know that Ubisoft has had some negative press about, you know, work work related uh, issues and crunch. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 game could be the banger of all bangers to come back and bring them back to a place of prominence. So uh, it's an interesting space that Ubisoft kind of finds themselves going into 2023. In. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like Ubisoft is different in the sense that they have so many games that all come out, it feels like some weeks you'll look at the new releases and it's Ubisoft versus Ubisoft. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. yeah. They're not necessarily uh, the guys that work on one game and then release it and, you know, there's their Assassin's Creed for the year or their Assassin's Creed for that, you know, two years as we saw that they kind of pulled back and they're doing the, you know, the two-year cycle on, on Assassin's Creed instead of every year. But, like, Ubisoft is like one of the rare folks that you'll be like, oh yeah, and then they did a Nintendo game, and oh yeah, then they're they, oh yeah, they do Just Dance every year, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, Far Cry, and oh yeah, For Honor, and oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Let's, and so I think what what does make them a little different from everybody else, and <clears throat> makes them uniquely a unique problem for them is just that they have so many studios and so many of them heading in in different directions, and so yeah, you've got the flagships, but then. It's it's funny. I thought I thought it was funny of the story that they even brought up. Like, yeah, and Just Dance didn't do as good as we thought it was going to be. Like, yeah, y'all, y'all count on Just Dance numbers? Like, I you know, man, I didn't know Just Dance move units all like that. But um, you know, it's just so crazy when you see you know the Ghost Recons and the Tom Clancy games, and like, it's just the amount of things that they're trying to pull off. It seems like at all times makes it, I think, a, even more of a unique problem for them. Because okay, so if Ubisoft pulls back. What does that look like? Maybe it's like what Ka said, like, man, buckle down and go for them games that are going to be gangbusters. Like yeah. we knew, or I knew I'm a, I'm a huge final fantasy seven fan. And so when they announced that remake, I don't know if you guys remember like where you were, where certain things happened. But I'm kind of like that, right? Like, I knew where I was when Michael Jackson died. I knew where I was when the O.J. Simpson thing was going on. And I know where I was when Final Fantasy VII got remade. Not to put that all on the same level, but I'm just saying I remember where I was at. That's all I'm saying. I just remember where I'm at. That's that's all I'm saying. Sure, sure. And so, but like, that to me, I knew was going to be gangbusters. They did that right. That is going to sell 
you know, a, a, a bunch of units. And so I think that's where I think Kyle's right, man. I think if they pulled back and, and did some like deep cut things that people have been asking for forever, you know, I mean, we've all seen not that it would have the same tail as something like a, you know, like a, a Grand Theft Auto, you know, this made just bajillions of bajillions of dollars. But I, I do think it's something that could turn turn the whole company around, even with all their different studios. I mean, it's a bit. It's a bit depressing to think that a, a publisher as big and as prolific as Ubisoft is having this kind of financial difficulty. I think that it it does not bode well for the industry. And a lot of that, you know, they, they in here also, they kind of mentioned that um, the next Assassin's Creed game is not going to be quite as big. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what you guys think about this notion of, you know, these games that are the 100, 200, 300 hour games that have everything in the kitchen sink and took, you know, 600 developers to make, you know, 600 different people across mm-hmm. all these different locations to make that that's kind of the Ubisoft, you know, modus operandi. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we're going to see a change in that games are triple a games, especially aren't going to be quite as massive going forward. Do you think that if that's the case, we'll lose something as gamers? Ooh, Gabe, you that, take that one first, uh, man. You know it's funny. I was I just sent uh, a story to some Assassin's Creed's Creed buddies of mine that was talking about how this next one was going to be smaller, and they all said hallelujah. Mm, but yeah, they're all dads like me, <laughs> right? You know what I'm right. saying? And so, yeah. and so there there is that one thing that's like, man, I don't personally want God of War to be a hundred hour game. I mm-hmm. want it to be a really nice forty to 60 if i want to stretch it hour game or you know i've heard some people beating it down in the 30s that's what i want personally i'm still gonna give you my money i'm still gonna buy it first day i'm still gonna pay 70 dollars. and so to me i i'd rather play more games than play games for longer mm-hmm. but i've got three kids and so you know it's just a little it's a little different for me i know that i spent almost all my high school years playing counter-strike and so that's one game over four years you know what i'm saying and so yeah and so you know it's hard for me because i do think that yeah well sure but i I also think the deal that we get on gaming already is so good Mm -hmm. personally and i know we just jumped up ten dollars and everything but i think even at seventy dollars especially if you look back at how much nintendo games were in the 80s we are getting our money's worth. We've just gotten used to Ubisoft dumping out the whole trash can on a map and being like, <laughs> sorry, you got to do all this. And you're like, yeah. I, I don't have time for all this, you know? Yeah. So I, it, to me, I don't feel like I'm losing anything. I do think that we might be losing filler. And I think that's not such a bad thing. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think that um, comparisons can be made to, I think other, other media to a certain extent, because uh, you know, it's the kind of thing too where somebody's like, "Hey, man, you should really watch The Good Wife. It's a really great show." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." There's like eight seasons with like forty episodes. A yeah. season. No, there's no, no universe where I'm doing that. No, you know, thank you. There's no yeah. universe where I'm doing that. But you know, in in the streaming universe where you know uh, you have a subscription to Netflix, a, a show is eight episodes long, and that just seems doable and perfect and awesome and i can do it and there's new content coming in all the time and i just got Mm. the subscription and it kind of doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like maybe as we're moving into the game pass version of 
video gaming, you know, mm-hmm. where I think if other people adopt that and, and really uh, embrace the Netflixification of, of games, maybe that's really where we're headed is, is the, uh, the eight episode series equivalent of a video game where things are a little shorter, a little more digestible, but there's more different things coming as part of the same amount of money that you've been paying. But let me ask you something, Jeff, because what I what I always wonder is when you get away from a company having the opportunity to make a billion dollars for their company, I feel like that's where it gets a little weird. So like when you bring up Netflix, Netflix is awesome and and everything. Right. But like I just always wonder, is the content I don't I don't know where the money comes from. And it sounds like Netflix is always in some kind of dire straits when it comes to money. Yeah, and I so guess not the best example on my part yeah, right there. Well, I'm, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know if I want gaming to go in that way. I want yeah. rock. I want uh, who's it makes Grand Theft Auto rock steady rock star. Rockstar. Yeah. Rockstar. Uh, I want them to be like, we made a billion dollars in four days. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like for, you know, the Call of Duty franchise to make all this money be the biggest selling because like, that's the upside. That's what like, whoa, like, man, we could, if we do this right, man, we could, we could make a gang of money instead of, I don't know what it's like. If it's like, Hey, we're all part of the subscription service. We're going to get X amount of dollars to make our game. And even if it does really good, it kind of just all goes into this pot. I just don't, and I don't know if that's the way it works or, or, or not, but that's what always worries me. I think that's a valid point of view and I, the, I think the the thing that worries me in the grand theft auto makes a billion dollars call of duty makes a billion dollars example is there are a few huge winners and not a lot left for everybody else mm. you know what i mean that's my worry and maybe that's not how it actually shakes out but it seems like there's the the mega hits and everybody's chasing the mega hit and then there's a whole lot of people that just kind of aren't doing very well yeah, it's weird that because everything? if you, yeah, yes, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Where I think the idea of the the game that is too big to fail mm. has gone away in a real way, and I think it only still, you know, suits a couple of different franchises like a Call of Duty mm-hmm. or like an NBA 2K or mm-hmm. like a Grand Theft Auto, where those games have so much cultural cachet. And have so much money behind it from a marketing perspective Mm. that they will find an audience that is there that is not like us who are playing, you know, 40 to 50 different games a year Mm. because we're reviewing stuff or checking stuff out. A game that comes to mind right now is Callisto Protocol. Mm -hmm. Callisto Protocol didn't do well in terms of their financial uh, reporting this week. Um, And that game had big budget had, you know, folks behind it from a, a, a marketing perspective that were big. Mm-hmm. You know, Glenn Schoenfeld, one of the, 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 the best uh, known developers around the Call of, uh, Call of Duty franchise when he was still over on that side of the fence, opening a new studio with, I'm sure, a whole bunch of veterans working for him. And they still couldn't get across the line for a game that, you know, if we really want to think about it, is a very niche game and a niche genre. Mm-hmm. But still, games like that still may not necessarily have space to live in the way that's in there. So you have that part of the conversation. And on the flip side of that, we have more games than we've ever had on the planet. <laughs> For sure. Yes. <laughs> so that's right. And, and, in that, and in that conversation, it feels a little bit like the, the conversation you hear around Netflix, right? When a, when a series that is beloved has been taken down from the service. 
everyone freaks out, gets pitchforks out, and they're like, this is mm-hmm. what happens when corporate companies do this kind of stuff. And I'm like, fam, there Mm-mm. are 17,000 million other shows you can watch yeah, right. <laughs> if you really wanted to go watch some of that stuff. So, like, give Absolutely. some of those things some love, too. And that kind of equals out the the what you wind up missing. So it's yeah. an interesting spot for that, uh, for, for, for sure. And I think that we are at a place where, like, <laughs> the dollar has been so like in entertainment we have no idea what the dollar even means anymore you know what i'm saying like the amount that we pay for netflix for what they give us or for disney plus for what they give us and so you know to cause point we had anthem which was like this giant game it was like i couldn't wait for anthem to come out and i was like oh this is gonna be awesome it had all kind of marketing it did nothing but then hades comes out And for some reason, you know what I'm saying? It's just like the different vibes of games. And so I feel like the good stuff still really is rising when it comes to gaming. And so I don't think you get trapped too much. Now, yes, we do have the big names that are going to sell every year, even if the game is wonky or if Call of Duty keeps the campaign off of it. But I do think that there's still room, even with all these games, for the small guys to get up there and, and make some really good money for what they put in. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, it's at this very high end, this AAA end, where they're, it, it's so expensive to make these games, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you see, you see Ubisoft having these problems, but but then even at the small end, I you know, every time there's a, uh, you know, there's like a Steam preview week with like the, all the demos or whatever, and there's like 500 demos of games <laughs> I've literally never heard of, and <laughs> my job is to have heard of the games that are coming I know, out, I know. and there's like 500 games. That people are making, and I'm like, how does anybody make any money in this space at all? Mm. It boggles the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have I have two other questions that I want to I want to ask you guys uh, before we get off this this story. The first is, do you think this makes Ubisoft a potential acquisition target? Oh God! I knew it was coming. I, I know. <laughs> oh, Doug got it. I knew it was coming. I I don't think so. Dang it. Cuz I cuz I don't know like I don't think Microsoft is <laughs> is neck deep in everyone getting in their behinds about monopolizing Sheesh. everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I don't think Sony and PlayStation are in a position to to pick up a studio like that. Although if they did, it would be a huge get for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo doesn't buy anybody out and Steam isn't going to do anything with that conversation. So I think it winds up being, if there was going to be someone who did it, it would have to be Sony in that conversation. Mm. I, I wouldn't even think Sony would have the money. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't like the acquisition game. I do not like it personally. I like every man for himself go out and the competition makes it better. You know, that, that Ubisoft's got to be up against everybody and like, come on with your best stuff instead of like, you know, daddy Warbucks has got the money and it'll just trickle down and it'll be fine. And I'm not saying amazing games haven't come out of that. Obviously. I mean, I'm huge naughty dog fan, uh, you know, everything they, they touch, which, you know, shout out to the last of us came out tonight. Um, uh, but like, uh, I, I want I, I like them to stay. I want them to stay their own people. But I understand the thought process behind. Oh, is it time to snatch them up while they're weak? Yeah, I mean, but if they're you know if they're hurting financially, it's it, it get an influx of 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 money. Who knows? It, it, you know, who knows what what's going on internally there? But uh, 
it, 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 it is the question that comes to mind because yeah. of this crazy time where everything seems to be bought by the bigger fish. Yeah. So, is Amazon buying people? I mean, they haven't yet, but I wouldn't put it past them. That's you know who should be- buy them? Here's, here's, here's a team who should buy them. Google should buy them and put them on stadium. <laughs> Google's like, fine, we'll kill Ubisoft as we well. Got you. We got controllers and everything. We can play everything. <laughs> you guys have been making some sick fish oil, snake oil. I, I messed up the joke. It's up. okay. It's okay. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is, uh, you know, uh, Gabe, you brought up the fact that they'd said uh, Just Dance underperformed. Just Dance 2023 underperformed. <laughs> yeah. But they also mentioned... Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope underperformed, mm-hmm. which really bums me out because I put that game in my top five of the year, and oh, I wow. love that game. I, my my son loves it. I, I think that franchise is awesome. I hope this does not mean it is the end of that franchise uh, because the game did not do, the sequel did not do well. Um, but I have a message for Yves Guimont, and I know he listens. Oh, Yves. <laughs> Hey, by the way, Eve, I know you're hurting. Your company lost half a bill, but can you become a patron? Just become a patron. <laughs> Eve, <laughs> if you're listening, if you're listening, and I know you are. Yeah. I got your solution for Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope's financial woes mm. or sales woes. Put it out on PC. <gasps> oh, you're crazy. I want that game on PC. I know, I'm sure Nintendo would never allow it, but. In a universe where that's possible, oh, how great would that be? Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope on PC. I mean, you definitely want to play it with a mouse and keyboard. I, I just want to play any of those kind of games with a mouse and keyboard. But Mario, do have how often have we seen Mario on a PC? No, ever I mean, other than it's, on my emulator. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was, I swear that I did not think that that was the direction you were to go. I thought you were going to say, Eves, what you need to do is get Chris Pratt." Oh, man, I'm seeing that movie. I'm still mad about all the trailers. I have a whole bunch of stuff to say about them, but I'm still going to see it. Oh, we're all there. seeing that movie. That movie is yeah. going to make a billion dollars. That movie is going to be a massive hit. It's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like frustrating all at the same time that I'm going to be there. I'm going to be mad while I'm yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, are you kidding me? My son is... That's he, he's literally counting down the days till that movie comes out. Oh, trust he's mine so too. He's asked like three times. April, right? Still April. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Still April. <laughs> All right, I, I got a story of the week. Uh, this is a little uh, lighter, but I, I'd love to get you your uh, both of your uh, opinions on it. Uh, evidently, there was a uh, a tweet this week from uh, former Mirror's Edge creator Frederick Thylander. Uh, Mirror's Edge, by the way, still holds a place in my heart i, don't, I still mm. think that is a very flawed franchise especially the second mm. one but man it had so much potential uh anyway the point is mr thylander uh which i hope is how you pronounce it uh tweeted the following quote unpopular opinion achievements slash trophies have been bad for gaming it narrows games down it disrupts and diverts attention and it eats resources that could have made the game better and then in, in some replies, he elaborated on that saying, quote, games should have the reward mechanisms most suited for them and the one size fits all mandate from platform holders to make reward systems that benefit the platform makes the games worse. So, <laughs> Gabe, I, yeah. I would love both of you to answer this, but Gabe, I'll go to you first. How do you feel about achievements? Do you think there's any 
truth to this claim that uh, achievements and trophies on the on the on the Sony platform uh, have actually uh, been bad for games. You know, it's funny. Like, you ever realize like you didn't even know something was a problem? <laughs> like, it's so in the background for me. Like trophies and uh, you know and you know achievement achievement hunting. It's so in the background for me. Like. It's not till I've beaten a game and loved a game that I usually go back and I'm like, oh, do I want to platinum this game? Like, I'm never like trying to platinum it as I'm playing it because I want to just play the game. Um, and so it's it's a it's a weird thing for me because I feel like the just the dopamine hit by itself is important for gaming. And so I think when you pop a achievement or you pop a uh, you know without even trying, you're like, oh, oh, well, I wonder what else there is. And then I I think it shows a depth in the games that the game creators have come up with that you wouldn't have thought of in the first place. And so I'm not an achievement hunter, but there's definitely been times uh, that I've it's take Spider-Man 2018. I wasn't necessarily going to platinum the game, but like I had so much fun in that world that I went back and looked at the trophies. I was like, I could do that. And to me, I'm playing the game more. How is that mm-hmm. bad? And so I, I don't know how, I'm not sure. I, maybe he's got a bunch of friends that are, I don't know. This is a weird, this is a weird offshoot for me. I, I don't even see how it's a problem. To tell you the truth. What do you think, huh? I haven't paid attention to achievements since I, I remember paying attention to, to achievements only when I needed to, you know, fill out the kind of like achievement hunter list of stuff. Like, for me, it's weirdly it's it's an annoyance now because I'm like, bro, I'm trying to capture this gameplay for my review, and this thing just popped up on screen, and now I have to worry about that thing. Plus, it winds up being an interesting kind of layer for other people too, where you know there are ways that people can kind of see the achievements that are coming up, and some of those have spoilers in them right. uh, for some of that stuff. I don't know. I, I, my, my, my biggest frustration with achievements and I, and I kind of rock with the the statement is I want all of that work besides me enjoying the game and, and kind of, you know, you know, going through the process of, of finishing a game and getting through all that stuff. I want those things to mean something hmm. like I want them to tie back to something else that I can do in the game or tie mm-hmm. back to, you know, some tchotchke I can get outside of game that makes me feel like I did something or achieved a thing. Yeah. It it does feel like to me as like this number that doesn't equate to anything. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like seeing the Knicks in the 94 finals or 97 finals, whatever year it was. And being like, man, this would be really good if we won. Man, John Starks had a lot of points right now. We lost. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's like there's a lot of good stuff to happen here, but it doesn't actually give me anything in return that means anything in the in the grand scheme. So, hmm. like achievements, tro- uh, 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 trophies on the PlayStation platform, like all those things, just feel like fluff that actually does involve a fair amount of dev work, which I think that, is a part right. of that conversation. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and that's a part of the the thing that I think he's he's hinting at is like, and you're saying it in a negative way, Ka. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's necessary. Like, I think the 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 carrots on the stick that's never been a carrot on the stick for me. 
mm-hmm. was like, oh, if I finish this, I will fill out this list of achievements that give me gamer score or a platinum trophy that I can go to who and 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 and, and dab on. I'm not dabbing <laughs> right. on anybody when I get a platinum trophy. I look right. at that and I'm like, oh, I did all this extra stuff to potentially get a thing that doesn't matter. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think I'm in that. I'm in that boat of it has never really been a big draw. For, I mean, I think there was a very brief window right when they first kind of hit popularity, when you, you know, you know, you could count, you know, very easily the number of games that offered achievements, and it was like, oh wow, the score really means something because it, it it's contained in some way, but it has sprawled so much that it just it it kind of doesn't. It doesn't have any meaning as to me. I know yeah. there's a lot of people that care about them, but it feels mm. like uh, Mr. Thylander is uh, speaking to a very, very niche group of people that care a lot about them. Mm. And I, I just don't think that's, that's a large segment of the population. I'd love for listeners uh, to, to respond to this and let me know if, if I'm out of touch or if, you know, if there's a lot more people that are into this than I am, but it does feel like, you know, perhaps for a small subsection, there people get distracted by it or it diverts from the the game. And and I guess there's the danger of it, you know, as you said, the, the you know, it diverts developer resources. I don't know, I, I, as somebody who's never done that for a living, I, I don't know the realities of that. And I suspect, you know, that that there may be the case where if you put a, a, an achievement in a game, it can stand in for some actual in-game reward. You know, it can be used as a, as a substitute for making it worthwhile in the context of the game itself to do a thing. You know, if it's like, oh, we'll just give them an achievement instead of, you know, actually making it worthwhile for my in-game experience. But overall, I feel like they're they're so ignorable if you choose. I don't, I don't understand mm. how this is such a huge problem because it's like... <laughs> I, I find them fairly easy to ignore. And sometimes I can use them as a way to measure my progress against a friend on my friends list. Uh, or, you know, there are times where it's like, hey, you only have 10 more doodads to acquire to get the achievement. I'm like, okay, I'll look for those doodads. You know, I only have right. Them. But and, and that's what I'm saying. Like living in the world a little bit longer to me is props to the developer. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise I'd be done with the game. Yeah. If I'm even, because I'm, I'm with you guys, I, I barely pay attention until I'm already done and I might go back and peek. But, you know, and you know, I think when he says it narrows games down, to me, that doesn't seem true. Um, it disrupts and diverts attention. Okay, maybe when that thing pops and maybe you start thinking about it and eats resources that could have made a, a, a game better. Sure. But like, they say the same thing about making a demo. You know what I'm saying? They're right. like, oh, we hate making demos because we, we have to really dive in and blah, 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 blah. You're like, man, it's just part of the fabric of, of gaming now. It's it, it it just seems so, so weird. It's like when they were like, hey, stop eating Tide Pods. I was like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing? Like, yeah, okay, yeah, of course, of course not. <laughs> you know right I mean? yeah but it's like it's a like, very small amount of people that are doing that but yeah no definitely yeah. this warning needs to go out <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny uh yeah i mean i guess the other thing about about achievements and trophies is 
I think there's a such a wide spectrum in the quality level of the design of a particular achievement for a game. Mm. You know, mm. there are games that do it in really smart and interesting ways where go, where you go, oh, that that introduces a kind of a new way to play this game or a new goal structure. Like, oh, that that achievement. I never even thought of attempting to do that in this game. And if there's an right. achievement, like pull off this crazy stunt or something that doesn't really have anything to do with the game. I think that's awesome. Like, you know, for example, the, uh, the, the classic half-life one where it's like, carry the gnome all the way to the end of the level. Like, mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. That's like, fun. why would I do, yeah. I would never do that. Like it's possible mm-hmm. to do that. And uh, maybe I'll give that a shot because there's a, you know, a, a thing that'll chime th- that I did it. I think those are the kind of cool use cases for that stuff where it's, you know, you know, you play in the game, it's a normal game, but there's a, a way to play the game that doesn't have anything to do with the normal structure of the game. But now there's this thing that's keeping track of whether you did that. And I think that's cool. Right. It's, it feels like no harm, no foul. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, it's, it, but maybe it's just, you know, uh, like you said, we, I've never made a video game. And so maybe it's deeper than I think to add that print that says, get a hundred person combo, a hundred hit combo. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe that's really yeah. tough. And I just had no idea. Yeah, I just want them to be an evolution of the of those systems where they 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 do something in game. Like I remember playing, I forgot which Grand Theft it was, but it was like find a hundred pigeons, and I was like, first of all, this is New York City PTSD. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, like what do I get for doing this right. pigeon run? Right? Do I get a pigeon hat? Do I get a, right. a pigeon car? Like, do I get something for that? Yeah. It would be yeah. cool if those things tied into to, to the gameplay experience because then it would make me really want to go in and figure out and do all those hunts and do all those tasks in a real way give the man a pigeon hat developer. team yeah. pigeon hat <laughs> not asking for that much yeah we're sitting here asking for pigeon hats can you come on <laughs> all right well uh that is the uh story of the week segment we got games to talk about ladies and gentlemen but first I want to tell you about our sponsor, which is Squarespace. Squarespace. Oh, they've been supporting the show since our inception over nine years ago. And we appreciate Squarespace. Uh, It's a great place to build a website, make beautiful websites. But also Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You got that beautiful website. You know that it's so simple to make a beautiful website with Squarespace. That's what they're known for. That's what they've been doing for decades. And uh, Jeff Kanata was built on Squarespace. I love it. I've been recommending it as a place to build great websites for a long, long time. But also now they have tools to engage with your audience and sell anything, products, content you create, even your time. Because Squarespace now has member areas which makes it easy for creators to monetize their content and expertise in a way that fits their brand. With those member areas, you can unlock a new revenue stream for your business and free up time in your schedule by selling access to gated content like videos, online courses, or newsletters. In fact, Squarespace's Video Studio app helps you make videos that you can share and grow your audience, tell your story, and drive sales, plus... If you want to turn your website into an online store, it could not be easier. You can sell anything, whether they are physical or digital products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. It's just so simple. You drag and drop and you turn your website into an online store. 
They've also got analytics to help you grow your business in real time. Every website is mobile optimized right out of the box. You don't have to do anything to make it optimized for mobile. There's blogging and commenting features. So many great resources right at your fingertips. So simple to use. So check it out. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me is where you go for a free trial. That is completely free, by the way. They don't even make you put in a credit card. You just start using the tools for free. And then when you're ready to launch your website, use the offer code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. You'll save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Great place to buy domain Squarespace as well. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and that promo code Jeff sent me for 10% off. All right, let's talk about the games that we have been playing. Gabe, what is on your playlist this week? Man, I've been playing this game. It has got me so distracted from what I need to be playing. <laughs> I've, I've been playing Vampire Survivors on yes. the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And goodness freaking gracious. I don't I, I don't even know why I like it to tell you the truth. Like I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't sit here and be like, "Oh, you know why you need to play it is XYZ." You know, it's not like, "Oh, the voiceover is so good. Oh, the story is so good. Oh, the graphics are, it's none of that. It is just really simple, easy. It's it's deeper than you think it is uh as as far as a game and I'm absolutely loving it. And then with my kids, uh we constantly are playing Rumbleverse on the uh on the PS4. I got the PS4 in the house for the kids. And uh, it's a it's a battle royale came came out I think middle of the year uh, in 2022, and uh, it's 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 like a battle royale except you're running around as like wrestlers like big wrestlers yeah. hit each other and stuff. Oh my gosh, Rumbleverse and Vampire Survivors has been eating well, my house alive. Gabe, I got to tell you, my, Vampire Survivors was my game of 2022. It was my number was one it? game of the year. I I adore that game. Uh, it's incredible. I love that you can play it on anything now. Mm. Uh, it's a game you can play with one hand, which yeah. is wild to think that like the best game I played all year was I could play with one hand. Uh, but I'm right there with you. It's a perfect Steam Deck game. It's so much fun. Oh, it's it's inexpensive. I think I bought it for four bucks. Same. Uh, I think it's free on mobile. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, and on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Oh yeah, it's on Game Pass. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's such a great game, and one person made it. It's just like, come on, it's great. One person made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. one person what yep. is it about that game i've been trying to like sum up like when i want to tell people what have you come up with this to, to tell people that says why it's so good i think there is no game that makes me feel more op than vampire survivors but mm-hmm. by the end of a 30 minute run if you're yeah. if you're doing well and you're just you're just standing in the center of the biggest horde of bad guys falling <laughs> at your feet Yes, amen. You know what I mean? You're amen. you you are a god. You know, you are <laughs> you are the most powerful being in in video games and there's just numbers shooting off huge numbers shooting off of these bad guys and they're just all obliterating it. Ah, it's so satisfying. Mhm. Dang it. I love it. And you go mm. from, you know, you go from being a, a weakling to that in, you know, in the, like 20 minutes, you know, it's like, well, how, how much, how, it doesn't get better than that. It's just, it's, it feels so good. Um, but Rumbleverse, Rumbleverse, I got to admit, Gabe, I bounced off of it. 
I, I it, sell me. A, I did not love it. I played it for a, you know a couple of days when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I just did. I didn't get the joy. So maybe you can bring me into what what you are enjoying with your kids about Rumbleverse. Yeah. So Rumbleverse was my game of the year in 2022, really? wow. which was which surprised me as well. I was making my list, but it just brought, it's funny that you say you didn't get the joy because that's what it's brought to my house. Hmm. And I've got three kids, 11, seven, and six. And so it goes girl, boy, boy. And we don't have the boys playing like shoot 'em up games yet. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. And so I think this one felt challenging. It felt like something that they actually picked up uh, really well. And I think when we got that first W, it was like, oh, like we could win this battle royale, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like so many battle royales, you, you know, uh, whether it's Apex or if it's a uh, uh, Hyperscape was another one that we we loved uh, or that I loved. My kids didn't play it, but but I, there was like barely a chance I was going to win that game. And uh, Rumbleverse just felt like uh, attainable, and my seven and six year olds just have loved it and so we're playing duos and you know daddy runs out to the i have a little shed out back of my house like where, where i have the ps5 and stuff and we've got the headphones on and we're playing and we're talking to each other and i think it was it was really the family aspect of it because the game itself went through some awful growing pains mm. and we just kind of like stuck through it through the patches and the servers being awful and everything like that. Now it's turned into something that you can pick up and play and it's not going to have a bunch of glitching on you. But I think it's, it just brought my, even my 11 year old girl, uh, she got a win today and you just hear their feet just running down the hall. Daddy, daddy, yeah, we got a win. <laughs> and so it's like, it's all that. It's all the joy that it's brought to my house that made it my uh, number one game, That's uh, great. which was, which was weird. Cause it was right behind Elden ring. And so, yeah, be more different. So, I love hearing I, that. I That's know. so cool. I, I'm, I'm going to be talking about uh, some games I've been playing with my my kids as well in, in a second. But, um, I, you know, the game has a lot of verticality to it, right? Is it? It's a lot about mm. getting as high up as you can and dropping mm-hmm. the biggest elbow you can. Yeah. Onto your opponent's neck. Right. Yeah, and it's silly and it's clean and it's, it's, it's just super, you know, it's bright. It's kind of, you know, that's, that's, it's one of the reasons why we love super smash brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just bright and it's a little deeper than it should be. You know, you could button mash or you could really learn what you're doing and get really good at it. And so I think Rumbleverse kind of has that a little bit as well, where you're like, I could just go in here and throw some chairs around and stuff like that. But like, what if I really honed in my powers and, and got what I liked and, and, and really worked it and, you know, built it that way and so i think that it's it's got a depth to it that's that's you don't catch at first either that's great very cool uh that's mm-hmm. Rumbleverse, and you're planning on uh playstation but uh, yeah the, everything the, right it's i think it's on a bunch of stuff we're playing it on the four and five yeah yeah yes four and five yeah awesome Khalif, what is your playlist Oh my goodness, I'm playing a couple different things. And also, shout out to Rumbleverse. I love that game. I'm a 7-2-1 kind of man. Okay, uh, now when, let's go, Kyle. You, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, li- I, like, I, like I those, actually those. don't know what you're saying. What does 7-2-1 mean? So, the so they're, go ahead, the go ahead, Gabe. I was going to say the drinks. Is, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So there are perks that you get, and they, mm-hmm. they come in the form of these drink pods that you wind up uh, consuming. So one is power, one is health, and one is stamina. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of find them throughout the map, and then you you kind of build your character up to to basically you know play in a certain way during that 
during that match. So people, when they see their numbers, that's kind of when you kind of understand like what build they're going for. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. In, okay. Like my daughter is all health. So hers will yeah. be all green. And then I'm somewhere where I, I usually go five and five power and health. Um, and the, so is your one, the stamp, the yellow one? Stamina, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm guessing you have ten number, ten to to work with, and you can allocate yes. it however you want. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I love that game, and, and Vampire uh, Survivors is, is fantastic too. I've been playing uh, Predecessor, uh, which is a the MOBA formerly known as Paragon. Oh right. Oh yes. Uh, and been playing uh, a lot of DMZ in Call of Duty, which has been ridiculously fun it has been so good to get back into um those kinds of games i've been uh, watching a number of the videos that you have posted uh of your exploits in in dmz people are mad at me and it's fine <laughs> it's okay I, I, I think it's one of those interesting mixes of you know what i, I as a person who's not good with mouse and keyboard uh to play tarkov mm. uh it is the substitute for me being able to play a Call of Duty game in that same way, uh, which mm. is which is so fun. It is it is really good when you're able to get um, a bunch of people together and, and and play that game in that way. Um, and predecessor just feels like home again, where you're playing you know Paragon, which was one of my favorite mobas, third person moba, uh, epic. Uh, shut that game down a while ago. They gave the assets to the community and some teams have. Uh, picked it up and and taken the torch with them to kind of build that game back up and that community up and it's been so dope to to, to jump back into games like that uh, so it's been a lot of fun playing those. that's really cool I it, there's kind of the same thing happening a bit with uh, Heroes of the Storm which was my personal mm-hmm. mobile of choice where you know Blizzard was like well we're kind of done with this and the community rallied together and and said well we'll set up tournaments we'll set up you know We'll get casters to cast things. We'll, we'll kind of do it ourselves. And there's a certain beauty and satisfaction in that in the sense that, you know, it, it really is grassroots. It really is ground up. And and it sounds like this is the next level where literally the game itself needed that. Mm. Yeah, exist, a whole right? stu- yeah, like a whole studio was born from uh, Omida, stu- Omida Studios has, was born from people in the community coming together and deciding that they wanted to rebuild that game from the ground up. And it's been dope because it's like those folks who really wanted that game to live and to thrive are putting in the effort and actual dev dollars. They gotten grants from Epic Games to wow. build that game. Um, and wow. it feels exactly like, you know, pretty close to what the original game was with some changes, but it, it is that was my go to bed game for you know a couple of years uh, when that game was still in development pre pre Fortnite, and uh, it was something that seeing all those players kind of come together. Now I'm seeing streamers come back who who were playing that game uh, initially when it came out, re re kind of uh, having a resurgence in their streaming careers. I'm seeing you know a lot of folks who were on the the, the player side now being devs and being parts of their community management team. It's been really, really cool to see how that game has kind of transformed itself and, and is still feeling really good. And they're still only in early access, so wow. they have a they have a, a, a ways to go to continue to be dope and, and be good. That's amazing that Epic has given it their blessing. You know, that's that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You would expect that to to not happen from a huge company, right? Like that. But they were like, "We're gonna just give these assets away." 
Uh, and it winds up being really great PR for them. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. You look like a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish more people did that because there's so many games that I feel like die too early or, or die because they weren't a massive hit. But like you like we've seen with like even with like uh, dreams on the PlayStation, like people can get a hold of stuff and there's some brilliant people out there that can make something happen, you know, without a huge team behind them. Dang it. That's awesome. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but how close is it to Paragon? Is it are they trying to create a sort of exact copy or are they trying to improve on that game? A little bit of both. I think, you know, there are characters who who haven't gotten into the game yet. There have been some changes in the way that some of those characters play. The biggest change was uh, they they went away from the card set um, way that you kind of picked your powers uh, that was prevalent in Paragon to a more traditional store version of items um, that you would see in a, in a League of Legends or a Dota. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that translates really easy to the, to the MOBA space. Cause everybody kind of understands that language. Um, but that, but it being a third person game like smite, um, it's just, it just feels different in the way that you play it. I, you know, when I was working at riot, you know, the big game is league of legends and you, you know, if you're not in that isometric understanding of how MOBAs play, you're in a not great spot because it's a lot of dexterity you have to learn. Mm-hmm. The way you kind of, you know, we kind of played, you have to really have played a lot to to get in there. I feel like Paragon was baby's first MOBA in a lot of different ways. Uh and and predecessor is the the kind of evolution and kind of resurgence of what that was. And that made me like MOBAs, like being That's able cool. to play predecessor and and then that got me into smite and then that got me into to other stuff did you play um, it with a controller really, i'm i'm a weirdo and play and play that game with a controller <laughs> oh no no i don't think that's a weirdo i think that's one of the cool things about it is that you can you know yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was it was initially um because there's been two versions of the game that have come out so far there's one that's called paragon the Overprime. That is um, a, a, an, a also another game that is kind of in that space, but is um, from a Korean team. Um, and then uh, Predecessor is a U.S.-based team. Um, and the one that the reason I even picked and went back to Predecessor was because they had controller support. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have controller support, I would not be playing that game because <laughs> uh, it would just be terrible and everybody would hate me and they would be like, Kyle, what are you doing in here? Uh, but 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 because that's a part of the process and they're – have been talking about getting that game back on console. It's a huge, it's a huge thing for the, for that community to kind of rebuild that thing up. And so far it's been, been a lot of fun. It's been super, super fun. That's extraordinary. What a cool, what a cool story. Even, even yep. just, you know, behind it, people wanted it that bad. That's, that's awesome. Do you, yeah, I love that. Is is there, is the, I mean, are you, um, is the community big enough that you're not having to endure a lot of wait times or, you know, how many people are playing it? Um, it's not a huge amount of people. I still think that that game is super niche in the yeah. way that it kind of comes across. Yeah. I think, you know, if you look at the kind of Twitch directory, there's a, you know, like maybe 500, 600 people, I think at a time playing it. I think also the, the, the market has been split because there are basically two versions of the game out right now. Um, one, you know, the, the, the Paragon version of it, that is the, and it's weird to say it, those two again because it is one is actually named paragon (laughs) and then one is named predecessor it winds up splitting the pot but the games play so differently that it winds up changing that plus Hmm. uh the paragon the overprime game has a much bigger presence because it is a korean version of that game and a brawler 
which means that they have a little bit more money to put into the pot to kind of, you know, pay influencers and stuff like that to kind of play the game. So it winds up splitting the the player base a little bit more than you would have an expectation uh, expectation for. So um, I haven't found a lot of trouble finding games. It's been pretty quick. Uh, their their Discord is really lively. They have a couple of different versions of their servers that are up um, in there, and you can go in there and go get a five v five game for the most part pretty easily. Play solo and then get map get mopped up. <laughs> but but it, but it feels good to be able to go back and and have the ability to even just go play that game and then have expectations for them to support it, um, which wasn't a thing you know almost two and a half years ago since Paragon. I mean since uh, Fortnite you know took the world by storm. That's awesome. Very, very cool. You know, going back to Call of Duty for a second, neither Christian nor I really is into that franchise. And so we we often give one of the biggest games on the planet short shrift on the show. Yeah. Maybe you can give me like a, you know, a 10,000 mile view of, of the the state of call of duty right now. I mean, is it, is, is the newest version? I don't even, I have no point of contact. Is it thriving? Is the, is the community rock and roll? And are there people are upset? What, what's going on with COD? It feels, I mean, it feels like the interesting part about COD right now is if you think about, you know, the complaints that you usually get from a call of duty game is that one, there isn't enough content Two. Warzone in the kind of battle royale version of the game is the thing that drives it the most. Um, uh, you know, it, it winds up getting into this, the small details about like, do you feel like, sp- like the way that people spawn into a map feels good? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like the time to kill feels good? Does it feel like the store where you could buy cosmetics? Does that feel like it's robust and has a bunch of stuff in it? So it winds up being all these kind of small data points and touch points across the game. And, I, you know, for me as a person who, you know, still has some eye-hand coordination and can still rock with some of these young boys and, and, and ladies and everybody else <laughs> yeah. out here, I can still I can still hold my own. But it's, it, it does feel like Call of Duty is still playing it pretty safe and by the numbers. The reason I do like the DMZ layer of it is because that is the most different mode that they have in the game currently that mm-hmm. offers up not only a different way to play, but also a, a a version of Sweaty that is really under your control. So like if you're playing a different, if you're playing the normal the normal game, you know, you're running around getting shot. Everybody, everybody's doing that version of it. Warzone is more strategic. You need some some coordination with a bunch of folks to be able to really get wins in that mode in a real way. DMZ is really interesting because there are not only missions that you can go on to kind of build out this portfolio of of tasks that you can do, um, but it has this really interesting meta that's within it that says you have these extraction points. You can go in, you land in a random spot uh, on the map. You kind of gather up, um, you know, resources within the map and then you try to extract. You can either play it really sweaty and go after other teams or you can just try to get those tasks tasks done and then leave. And that's a whole other layer of sweaty, too, because there are people who will camp the extracts. There mm-hmm. are, you know, missions that will put you on the map and have people chase you like the the nuke. Uh, to, to, to drop a nuke in that game, you have to win, uh, not in the DMZ, but in the battle Royale layer, you have to 
you know, get five wins in that map back to back to back to back. And then you have to do a very specific mission. And that puts literally everyone on the map to chase you in the mm. D- in, in the war zone layer of it. But the DMZ layer, you again can go in to say and say like, oh, I want to do these four things, leave. And that is a task that was done that feels like you've accomplished a thing and you can get into a, a firefight if you want or not. So it winds up changing the way that you play and it just changes the way that you think about strategy in a mode that is better and more equipped for not only teamwork, but for you to kind of understand um, how to maneuver around a map and affect gameplay, not only for yourself, but other other players on that map. So I'm, I'm loving that thing. It, it feels fun. It feels like you're doing the kind of spec ops run in, run out kind of deal. Um, and, and it feels really, really fun when you get that gameplay loop to hit in a real way. Uh, and it's just great. I've been, I've been loving on it a bunch. Man, that was awesome. That exactly what I was looking for. What a great overview of, uh, of the state of things, man. That's really cool. Thank you for that. Yep. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, for my playlist, I am still playing uh, a game that uh, I talked about last week. Marvel's Midnight Suns. Mm. Uh, I've, I'm about 30 plus hours into Mar- Marvel's Midnight Suns at this point, and I'm still completely hooked on the game. Now, last week, I got a lot of feedback from folks saying, hey, Jeff, you said you really liked that game, and then all you did was talk about all the things you didn't like about it. <laughs> and I, I hear you, ladies and gentlemen. I hear you. Uh, I agree. I did a lot because it's a, I don't know if either of you guys have played midnight suns. Uh, you know, it's funny. I wanted to play it and then I kept hearing about all the friend making you have to do in it. Yeah. And for some reason I didn't feel like doing that part. <laughs> it, that's exactly like, my I'm experience. Not, right? Play midnight Marvel midnight persona five. Out here. Yeah, I, I, I am in, you know, I am fairly uninterested in, in the, in all of that, you know, dating. I just want XCOM. I just want XCOM. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That, the interesting part is that it's not XCOM. Like the interesting part is that, they really reimagined the whole notion of what the the turn-based battle system is. And th- one of the things I love, because I thought it was just going to be XCOM with a Marvel skin, and it very much is not. I mean, it's a it's card-based. The entire methodology that, you know, with XCOM, you're like, how do I maximize the cover and stay in cover and don't get my guys, right. you know? But, like, it doesn't make any sense for Iron Man to hide behind a barrel. You know what I mean? Sure doesn't. Sure doesn't. Right? So uh, they don't do that. So there's no there's no hiding behind cover. There's no cover to be found. There's no you don't hide behind cover. Instead, you can literally take a telephone pole and smash it on someone's head. You know, like that's how you use the environment in in Midnight Suns. In, in contrast to how you use it in an XCOM game, and I think that's mm-hmm. brilliant. Like that's that's the fantasy of being a superhero. Is I'm gonna push a giant crate through four bad guys, not I'm going to hide behind the great crate and hope they don't shoot me. Um, and I think they, they nailed that, right? That it is so much fun to use the, all of the resources that the game allows you. Like with XCOM, it's all about like, okay, each of my guys can move. Where are they going to move to? How are they going to move? 
uh, you know, how am I going to, you know, am I going to search down this corridor? Am I going to just send one little person down that corridor? Am I going to, you know, how I don't want to split up my party. All of those decisions that you do in XCOM just are not present in Midnight Suns at all. Ooh, it's a I big, love that. Yeah, it's a big arena. There's no fog of war. You see everything all at once, all the time. The bad guys are there. Oftentimes, you don't know how many bad guys are coming because they'll send in re- reinforcements after a round. So more bad guys will show up and get, you know, things will get crazier. But you, uh, you and you only have, un- unless, you know, you get items or, or upgrades later in the game. But generally speaking, you only have one move to use across your entire team. So you, so it really makes you think, so attacks that you do can move your character. It will, you know, if you're going to do a melee attack. Oh, and the other thing is there's no range limits. If you want to attack a guy yeah. all the way across the map, you can. You can. The game doesn't. I hear, I hear there's also no missing, which, you know, as an XCOM right? player, because yeah. they're superheroes. They don't miss. They're superheroes. Exactly. Yes, there's no missing. I love that. You know exactly how much uh, damage you're going to do, generally speaking. There's no rolling of dice to figure it out. You're using these cards that have very specific things, but it it they figured out a way to use the resources of how many cards you're able to use on a turn. Uh, and then some of those cards generate what they call hero points. And then those hero points can allow you to use the super powerful cards or leverage those hero points into using the environment to, like I said, you know, throw a telephone pole on some guy's head. Which is very fun. So you have you still have really great decision making in the context of the fights, and the way you maximize those resources is really wild. Because what will happen is you know Venom will have this crazy AOE attack, and he's like in one you know in one turn I'm going to set off this big nuke attack that's going to you know that and he runs into the middle of your three superheroes. And he, you know, hunkers down and the next turn he's going to explode and, you know, all your guys are going to get massively injured. And you have one move. So you can move one of your dudes out of the out of the area of effect. So you got to figure out, OK, are, is one of my attacks going to move my character? If Should I go and melee attack someone way across the map just to move my character out of that area of effect? Should I try to, you know, knock venom out of the way like i can physically use a a card that has a knockback effect to move that area away from the range of my people there's all these really cool thought process that you get into because of how limited you are by some of the things you can do but at the same time even though you're limited you always feel super op because like you said you never miss you've got these really killer attacks you have you know hero combos where you can team up and do tons of damage you have you know big huge powerful effects that are, feel very superhero like and it's very satisfying you can take down three four five bad guys in a single turn sometimes with you know these chained uh, attacks that you can pull off it's it is extremely fun and as i mentioned last week i've gotten into a number of fights where I thought, oh man, my goose is cooked. I'm going to have to load a save here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to try. I'm going to see see it through, see what happens. And I've pulled myself out of what seemed like a completely overwhelming thing, and I win the fight. And there is nothing more satisfying than that. That like, oh man, I think I'm done for. 
mm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try something. And then, oh man, I figured out a way to, you know, jump out of that that horrible situation and turn the tide. And mm-hmm. man, it, and the fact that the game creates those kind of moments so frequently that feeling of being completely overwhelmed. Oh no. Oh my gosh. I'm overpowered. I'm a superhero. I'm awesome. I did it. It's just a completely different experience than XCOM, which always felt like I was right on the verge of losing, you know, this character forever that I love and all that. You know, it's just a completely different kind of experience, but right. It does have that. (laughs) It does have that whole other side of the game where you also like, I'm planning a surprise party for a superhero. And it's like, I don't, Gosh. I don't care to do that. I don't. That bugs me so bad. Like, why can't I just have the fighting? Why do I have to su- a surprise party? Yeah, like, is that what we do? No, is yeah, that what they it's, sit around to do. It's really weird. It's really weird. You're like, I want to go fishing with Doctor Strange. You're like, in the game, you can take Doctor Strange fishing, right? It's like, I, no, I don't. I no, don't, none of that is what I want to do. Yeah, it feels sacrilegious almost. It's very odd. It's very, uh, it's, it's a, it's a big swing. Like they went, people love these characters. You know what they would really love? It reminds me of that old movie, um, the truth about cats and dogs. When uh, Janine Garofalo goes, you can love your dog, but don't love your dog. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of feel like that's the way it is with these Marvel characters. It's like, you can, you can love Dr. Strange, but don't, yeah love dr strange you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like i feel like i feel like that's the kind of game where you want skipping in it like literally it has skipping. that luckily it has it, it, i mean i'm definitely being you know be buttoning my way through oh, a lot no, of no, dialogue no. options i mean like skipping down the road skipping oh. <laughs> <laughs> like holding hands yeah and hand in hand right hand in fingers hand interwoven <laughs> yes I wouldn't Tightly. be surprised. I, I've, I haven't gotten to the skipping part, but I, uh, I assume that's in there somewhere. There's a, it, it's very, it's very odd. And so much of the, I mean, again, the goal this week was to be positive about the game. Cause I do like it. <laughs> oh, I like it a lot. It's fun. It's, it is fun. It's very fun. I'm like I said, I'm still playing it. I'm hooked on it. I've played over 30 hours of it and I'm no sign of wanting to stop. I like still carving out time to go down and, and get in another fight but there's a lot of the game where I'm like, nah, bu- 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 <laughs> but so let me ask you this while you're skipping though, are you having to pay attention to what you're skipping because you need certain relationships to match up? Like, so are you actually needing some of that stuff that you're, yes, you're getting through it quickly, but to a is certain important? extent, to a certain extent that usually, <laughs> I mean, this is pathetic, but what I do is like, I like B, 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 B my way through the conversation. And then it'll get to like the dialogue prompt where it's like, so what are you going to do? And I'll be like, oh, I guess I got to read the last bit there. <laughs> find out what they're asking me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you, there's no way to like really screw it up. You can maximize your friendship points. And I probably would do a better job of maximizing my friendship points if I was, you know, invested in what they were saying. Yeah. If you were a listener. <laughs> right yeah yeah my wife's critique of me playing this game you know? exactly maybe She's like she... that's what you do to me every time i talk is just b b b b b until i ask you something yeah and then i'm like how do i maximize my marriage points <laughs> and then you wind up in divorce court and you're like damn i should have read those prompts <laughs> i should have exactly. read those prompts. yeah all i wanted to do is get in the fights and uh <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, wanted to throw a chair. <laughs> but it is a it is a really really uh, cool game, and and I like I said I give them, I give Fraxis so much credit for really rethinking their own you know their own template because the, yeah. it, it could have very easily and I my understanding was their original pitch to Marvel was like hey we want to do an XCOM game with Marvel characters and then they they started developing it and they're like we can't do an XCOM game with Marvel characters it doesn't make any sense you know mm. and I think kudos to them to realizing that because I think a lesser developer might go oh, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense that's how we make money you know mm. um, and I, I love that the fact the fact that they were like you know yeah hi, you know hiding behind a barrel it's not gonna work it's just not gonna work so um they're like what is gonna work is fishing with dr strange (laughs) (laughs) this is such a weird trade-off it is it is a weird weird (laughs) trade-off we're not gonna have cover (laughs) we're gonna have have like a prom setting (laughs) we're not gonna have cover we're gonna have covers (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna do karaoke together Yeah, yeah exactly uh, anyway, uh, I really like Marvel Midnight Suns, and every single time I, I bring it up, I can't help but uh, criticize it. But I, that's because I love it so much. I, I really okay. like it. I really do. And it's easy to skip the stuff that you don't like. So there's that. Um, okay. Also, I wanted to mention because Gabe was talking about uh, playing with his kids, and um, I also mentioned a few, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but the fact that my son for Christmas got Super Smash Brothers for Ooh, the Switch. Wee. He'd been begging for it. He'd been loving it. He is he is the world's biggest Mario fan. I mean, he's just like obsessed with Super Mario in all its forms. And Super Smash Brothers is his catnip. I mean, he is like, he is, I, I will tell you the extent. This is an example of the extent to which he loves this game and loves playing it. He has started, I don't know, six profiles on my no Switch. Way. Just to unlock characters on multiple profiles. Jeez. I'm like, what? What? I I don't understand that fundamentally. I'm like, you unlocked the characters. You did it. Remember having the time? Yeah. Oh, there's that too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's what we're missing. It's like you have, he has like multiple profiles with like a different unlocked character. He's like, I've got, you know, I've got Pit on this profile, but not on that one. I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense to me. It's this weird overlap. Anyway, the point is, I have never been a Smash player. And uh, in all the years, I just never understood. I was always Mr. Street Fighter, Mr. Mortal Kombat. I like the mm. fighting games to me were very specific. And I never was able to wrap my head around Smash Brothers. The whole methodology of it, the way the game communicates things to me, the chaos of it, the just like, percentages that didn't seem to mean anything mm. <laughs> you know when you knock someone off a thing it, it, it all is the number going up <laughs> exactly <laughs> and why if, he, if he's at 150 he's still able to climb back on the th- I don't know. the whole thing felt very uh abstracted to a point where it's like i just i can't wrap my head around this and i complained about it on the show and i still think ultimately it's not my favorite way of playing a fighting game but i just wanted to report that purely by repetition and forced by my kid to continue to play it i feel like i finally have a handle on super smash brothers and i like for the first time in my life i mean how long has that franchise been around 
20 years? A long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least. Probably more. 20, 30? You got to remember, 20 years was 2003. Shut up. I don't. <laughs> well, it's all the time we have this week, everyone. <laughs> uh, I mean, it has to go. I mean, it's back on the 64, right? Yeah, was the first time like we saw a Smash? 30, 30 plus years? Anyway. A, a long time. Long time. Anyway, in all mm. that time, I I just never, never got it. And I feel like for the first time ever, I still don't love it. I still don't prefer it. But I feel like for the first time ever, I'm enjoying it. And I mean, a lot of that, like you were talking about with Rumbleverse, is playing with my kid. Like my kid loves it so much that it's infectious. And I'm, I'm, and he wants to play with me so bad. Um, So just there's a joy in that. But also, man. I finally get like finally kind of wrapping my head around the 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 move sets and I can kind of I can you know I can pull off a win here and there <laughs> against my six year old and, and it was rare but I can do it and and I kind of feel like for the first time oh, I'm doing things with intention like I want I do a thing because I wanted to do that particular thing not because like I for the longest time it just felt like this nonsense game that didn't make any sense to me but. Yeah, get- and that's it's, it's Smash. I've always said it, man. It's it's surprisingly deep. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, and it, it definitely can be button mashy, definitely. But there's definitely another layer there that. But when I, you figure I it think out. It can be nice. That depth is obscured in a way most games aren't. It is okay. It is. That's fair. That, definitely, I can give you that. Yeah. What you should do, Jeff, is you should play multiverses. I have played that. I, in fact. Before my my son ever got Super Smash Brothers, when Multiverses first came out, I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this the way I like a Smash Brothers game?" Like I, I because I played it, you know, online in a, in a team, and and when he was first asking for Smash Brothers, I was like, "Come down to my office, let's play Multiverses and see if you like it." And he, he was not interested because he's like, "I don't, I want Mario, Dad. Does, does mm. this have Mario in it?" I was like, "No, it has Tom and Jerry." And he's like, "Who's the what now?" It's like exactly. Oh, oh, okay. My kids were the same way. They'll they'll play Smash or they'll play uh in uh Injustice because mm. superheroes. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to report to the audience. I am. Uh, I'm ready You're to growing. go. On, I'm ready to go on tour in the in the Smash Brothers circuit. I'm ready. I'm honing my skills. I had a montage. My son gave me a montage. Oh my god! And I am. Uh, I've become. Smash Brothers ready. Anyway, all right. Well, that's uh, that's what I've been playing, and that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick mm-hmm. around for those. But Gabe Patillo, it's been so much fun having you on the show. Thanks for being here, dude. Thank you for having me, man. It's, I was been looking forward to it. I was super excited. And then when I saw Kyle was going to be here, I was like, oh, I've never met Kyle, but you know, so this is this is awesome. Yeah, I'm total blast. I'm super humbled to be asked to be here and, and 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 super happy to be here. Oh, it is absolutely our pleasure. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the cool stuff you do online. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, like Jeff said earlier, I host a, a podcast called Married to the Games. Um, we just, uh, like Jeff, um, we just passed up 10 years in September. Congratulations. Uh, wow. Thank you. Have never missed a week. We Amazing. have uh, 500 and I think we're doing 540th episode this week. Um, amazing, amazing community over there. We couldn't have asked for more. Uh, so, so fun. So you can follow us at MTTG cast on Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, Gabe Patillo over on Twitter. 
And uh, yeah, that's where you'll find me. Very Getting cool. into all kinds of shenanigans. Khalif Adams. Also, I am so indebted. You're always, uh, you're always my go-to guy, and I'm, I'm so uh, genuinely um, humbled the fact that you're, you're always willing to take my call and be here, even when it's really inconvenient for you. Thank you. You're the best. I appreciate you. I mean, you are the wind beneath my wings. So, <laughs> so, you, so you have to understand. And, and Gabe, you are amazingly dope. I am so excited to check out what? more of your content. Oh, and we got we got to figure out a way to do some dope stuff together because it was get it, a baby. blast rocking. Let's get on the show it. Yes, with sir. You tonight. Um, thank yeah, you tell, think, again. Tell folks ahead, about your stuff, uh, Khalif. I know they know it's about spawn on me, but tell every you got you got big stuff coming up. Oh my goodness, we are embarking on our tenth year of Spawn on Me, which is wild to say wow. out loud. Um, the Spawnies, our our second year of our award show, is literally right around the corner. Amazing! It is 15 days away. Uh, it's going to be on the 30th of January around 6 p.m. PST. Uh, we'll be doing that live on the front page of Twitch at twitch.tv slash spawn on me. We have fun. We have guests. We have music. We have baldness. Hey, <laughs> um, let's go, we, baby. We we have snake oil. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's taken, I mean, literally started the second show right after the first show was done. So it's been almost a year of planning awesome. and getting some cool stuff together. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping and, and, and hoping that everyone who's listening will will tune in and, and give us some love. I think we're doing something very special and it'll be a lot of fun to have um, all the DLC fam rocking with us uh, during the show. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, good things coming. Uh, it's wild. It's been a long time coming in terms of 10 years on the show, but uh yeah lots of good things coming in 2023 so happy for you man and it is thank you because friend. of your incredible commitment and hard work uh it's awesome to see absolutely Oof. it has been so long i had hair when we started it was like... <laughs> <laughs> i had i had hair that was not gray uh when i started <laughs> yeah, we, we were all grayless when we started this, right. this work right young pups we were absolutely pups. yeah no <laughs> longer um you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, you can email us here, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Uh, and I have other shows you can check out as well, including the film cast, uh, which is a show about movies and TV shows. Uh, you can find that wherever you get podcasts. Uh, and I do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And a sports show uh, called The Fan Controlled Show. Actually, the name changes every single week because it is controlled by fans. You can find that on uh, as a podcast or on YouTube or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash sports. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Gabe, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Man, I'll tell you what. I'm going with, and this is going to sound so lame. <laughs> I'm going with kindness. Hey, there you, no, I know that sounds lame. weird. Nothing, nothing about that is lame. I just feel like, man, if we could just be a little bit more kind to each other, I think we'd actually get a lot more done. If we stop trying to separate ourselves out so much, and I've got this and you got this, and we try to focus on the things that actually brought us together instead of the things that divided us. I think that, especially as a gaming community, as people on the internet, I think we could get so much more done. So I'm going to say go out and be kind to somebody 
And I tell you, it's going to pay you back tenfold. That's incredible. In fact, I will, I will actually uh, plus one to that and say, um, we just, I just did a, uh, a thing about this, this new study that came out that said um, one of the best approaches to um, dealing with depression is mm-hmm. doing something kind for someone else. It actually Listen. helps your depression, your bad feelings about yourself, anything that you're going through, you're dealing with, it actually is clinically good for you to do something kind for someone else. And it doesn't even have to be a big thing. It could be a very simple thing. Uh, Absolutely. So it's, it's good for them and good for you. So, yeah, I, I think that's nothing lame about that. Yeah. All right. Sorry. No, I'm going to be sorry about it. That's, that's okay. wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Khalif, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Ooh, I mean, Gabe went real, real positive. I don't know if I have anything going on. Nah, you want to crack, break. No, I'm just um, I, I mean, for me, it's it's been really interesting. I think you know, for a lot of folks, uh, especially this upcoming week, uh, we are going to celebrate, uh, you know, Martin Luther King's Day. Uh, there is a lot of um, conversations around the world about you know, racially, racial equality, especially for black folks and, and people of color, underrepresented folks. I think, you know, I was on Twitter today talking about just like the energy that is there in the space and how we can continue to kind of push his dream forward and, and the ideas around wh- what the mountaintop can look like for different, for different people all across the world. Uh, and I would say we have to continue to find good ways to, to inject that that feeling into the space in any ways that we can. I think, you know, I think of all the good work that you and I have done together, Jeff. Mm. I think about all the work that so many folks that I know who have lifted me up and, and lifted folks of color up to give them a platform mm. over the, the time that they can and, and have um, has been beautiful to see. And I think that is another way of bridging that gap to getting closer to what uh, Dr. King's message was. So everyone who's listening, you know, there, there are moments out there that kind of bring, bring people together. There are moments to, to think about and reflect about, you know, the current state of the world and how you can affect that. Um, and take some time during this MLK day to think about his dream, the work that he did, both the, both the, the sanitized and unsanitized versions of that, of that work, Mm. um, and, and figure out good ways that you can make the world a little bit better, uh, you know, with that in the, in the back of your mind. So that, that's my parting gift for this week, man. That's fantastic. Amen. Uh, you guys, I'm yeah, not pass offering plate. <laughs> no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the idiot. That's like, I recommend a Netflix show. <laughs> oh, I mean, I could have did that too. There's a really good one in there. There's a couple really good ones. in there. Well, if you want to do that, that you're more than welcome to. Um, but I, I mean, obviously I, I think that's a, you guys, man, very articulate and beautifully said uh and i i I can't i can't do any better than that so i I will humbly underscore what you both said uh and uh, and offer up a uh a fun netflix show that i've enjoyed (laughs) Uh, and that is uh kaleidoscope uh which is on netflix uh uh, giancarlo esposito stars in uh, this uh you know i love heist shows i love heists i love a heist anything that's i got a heist in it i'm gonna watch Uh, (laughs) But the crazy thing about this show, if you have not heard about it, is that uh, each episode, uh, like a kaleidoscope, each episode is uh, a different color, a part of the kaleidoscope. Uh, and you can watch the show in any order. Mm. And in fact, really, Netflix mm-hmm. will serve up the episodes in a random order. Jeez. So 
if you just let it auto play, it'll it won't it'll just play a random episode. And the thing that's cool about each episode is it's it's all about kind of building up to this heist and then the aftermath of this heist. And each episode is a different time period, like going back 25 years. So it'll be like this episode takes place three weeks before the heist or this one takes place a year after the heist or this one takes place, you know, 20 years before the heist. And it'll tell you that right at the beginning. It'll be like green, you know, three weeks before the heist or whatever it is. Um, And amazingly, it still makes sense and it's still cool. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's an amazing kind of magic trick that the show does in that it doesn't matter what order you, you watch. So there's like reveals and, and there'll be an episode about an entire character that maybe you saw in another episode and you didn't know their backstory, but now you get their backstory, but you could have gotten their backstory before you ever saw them because you could have just seen that episode first, but it's, it's wild that it still works in any order, you know? Uh, so I have come up with like a machete order. Well, there's all these, yeah. If you Google it, there's all these like, uh, recommended viewing orders. You know, there'll be like the chronological order. It's like, that's the way, or there's the, like, watch it like a Tarantino movie order where you got, you see the, the heist and then you like get the backstory after the heist. Um, there's all these, like people have come up with these cool, uh, viewing orders. The way I've been watching it, I'm not done yet. But the way I've been watching it is like I just let Netflix throw me the next one. And see me what too. Happens. Wow. Me uh, too. That's awesome. the way I did it. It's I cool. haven't seen the last episode, but me too. Uh, you, are you digging it? Oh, it's so dope. Yeah. I, the funny thing is, I didn't know about the premise of the the way they fed you the episodes. And then once I did, because at first I was like, this is a really weird ABC soap opera. <laughs> and then once I learned about the premise, that literally flipped it for me and made it infinitely more exciting and interesting. And I love the fact that you can like watch it in all these different kind of uh, perspectives and, and time frames, And it still works. It is such a dope premise. I don't know how you sit down to write that. Like, how do you make sure? Because evidently, you know what I'm saying? You know, like... um um uh what's the word uh 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 i can't remember the word but you know the 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 math term that tells you how many permutations yeah 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 there's like seven thousand different ways you could watch the show or something crazy like that yeah exponential exponential math right so um i don't there's no way that they could have like stress tested all of them you know <laughs> right? No. They so, couldn't though. Yeah. So uh, you know, just the the fact that that it's still I don't even know how you would even begin to to sit down and attempt it. But it it's cool. It's super cool and it it's um it's an amazing thing. I, I was I, when I first started watching cuz I I knew what I was getting into as far as the premise. Mm. I, I was like I I don't want to watch it in the one way that sucks you know like, <laughs> so i like right, this googling right, right. of like oh, man, should i you know should i like make sure to watch certain order or, but everything i read was like no it doesn't matter it's all gonna be fun and it has been it has been yeah, that is yeah, awesome yeah. i gotta it check is, that it out it is very very cool is very, so again that's cool. uh kaleidoscope the netflix series we also got a listener suggested parting gift this was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com it comes from grant uh grant writes I'm writing in for just the second time with another parting gift that, just like the windshield wiper that I recommended last time, is an animated short film that I feel needs to be amplified. Night of the Living Dread is a stop-motion short directed by Ida Mellum 
that tells the story of a young woman who encounters ghosts in her apartment during a power outage. I don't want to say too much for the unsullied among you, but it starts out quite creepy despite its soft and cushiony aesthetic. Its tone quickly shifts to be both funny and poignant to the point where I got genuinely emotional toward the end. The level of craft in this short is impeccable and it's beautifully animated, which isn't surprising having been produced at the home run factory that is the National Film and Television School over here in the UK. You can find the short, just like the aforementioned windshield wiper, on a great website called shortoftheweek.com or by searching on YouTube. It's currently on the New Yorker YouTube webpage as part of its uh, New Yorker screening room. Thanks again, Grant. Uh, this is awesome. I checked this out, Night of the Living Dread. Uh, I also checked out shortoftheweek.com, which is amazing. Uh, I did not know that existed. It's like a, an awesome, it's just a compendium of amazing short films. And some of them are wow. animated like Night of the Living Dread. Uh, and others are live action. And they're from all over the world in myriad languages. And they're all amazing. Mean, not all of them are amazing, but uh, th it's amazing that they're all there. It's amazing that you can just like scroll through and find an incredible like 10 minute short to watch. What a cool thing. So that's, that's shortoftheweek.com. Cool. I checked out Night of the Living Dread. And I love stop motion. I love stop motion. And it, it is beautifully animated. And it's really cool. So um, this is a great recommendation as far as I'm concerned. So I love it. I love it. Can I sneak another one in super fast? Oh, please, please. A Trip to Infinity on Netflix mm. is a brilliant show because it takes the world's most modern scientists and mathematicians and they talk about the idea and the premise of infinity. Oh, dude. If you want to feel very, very small, and you want to understand how most of the things that play out on our planet are nonsense. It is a great, <laughs> it is a great, amazing look at the human experience through the minds of, of scientists and mathematicians. It is wow. dope. Oh, man. That's on Netflix? That's on Netflix. I, I thought, I, I literally, the first person I thought of to talk to, to, to tell about was you. Oh, dude. Like, we we have those those conversations about our infinite smallness in comparison <laughs> to the things that are happening on the on the planet. Amen. And it'll it'll make you feel very very small in the best ways. Oh, I am watching this immediately. Yeah, that sounds really incredible. Ah, awesome. awesome! What a great episode. Uh, thanks, thanks you guys. Thanks again uh, to Gabe Attilo and Khalif Adams for hanging out with me. Uh, this has been so much fun. Thanks to our musical contributors Patrick L, Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those bumpers. Thanks to our theme song composers, uh, White Cube, which is Pat, uh, Patrick, Jason Sherry, and T. Ryan Arnold. Thanks to all the folks who have downloaded the show. We appreciate you. If you'd like to get any swag for the show, DLC Swag is the URL, dlcswag.com. Uh, thanks to Jesse Anderson for making that. Uh, you can get T-shirts and mugs and all kinds of cool stuff. Thanks to our patrons for making this show possible. And in particular, thank you to our Hype Train patrons, which get their names read out at the end of every episode. And actually, Christian Spicer is going to do that right now. Time to thank the Hype Train patrons. Thank you all so much for supporting this show. And uh, it means the world to us. It, it, it really, really does. So thank you, Jason Novak. Thank you, Octavian Ratsiu, Christian Bravery, Jad. Peter Olberg, Michael Buck, Mike Lombardo, Spice Man, Silence, Sir, Albert Vajardo Dios, 
Jonathan, Spiceman Forever, Schlepplefer, Stu Goss, Kevin Brazel, Ben, Dan Palmino, Malcolm King, Mark Gowland, thank you Jonathan Putney, Will with 1L Harris, Chris Zacharias, Jonathan Talbert, Scooby Diesel, Adam Denby, Sasan, Dan Flanagan, Anthony Goulos, Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, thank you John Sisko, David Epp, Hyperboy66, Brian Jordan, Kevin Ede, Wonder Rob, Buckwild, Stephen T. Seifert, Joe D. Frank, Scott Lambert, thank you, Shoru Ken, comedian Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville, Relentless Rex, Michael S., Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Rob, Rixman, Hank Patton, Cheesy Bob, thank you, Victor Venezuela, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luckzak, Mitchell Ness, Jimmy Radcliffe, Scott Hughes, thank you, Jenny, Thank you, Nate, Zachary White, Yick, Soren Silk, Travis, Jackson, Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss-Klein, Josh Peake, Taylor Wigert. Thank you all so much. Here's to another great year. I, I mean, I guess we're in it. You know what I... Uh, I messed it up, Jeff. I messed it up. Leave it to Christian to be on for just a couple of minutes and still mess it up. Ah, I'm kidding. We missed you, Christian. Thanks again for listening to the show, everybody. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.